Quality Control is brought to you in part by Freshly. I enjoy cooking meals for the family. I like grilling out on the grill. I like making breakfasts every weekend, big breakfasts, but I can't get it all together. Life is busy. Life is complicated. And that's why Freshly is here. I recently started getting Freshly delivered to my house. They're fully cooked, prepared meals, and they come straight to my door. It's it's excellent for filling in the gaps in our meal plan here in the Hall household. No more coming home and wondering what's for dinner. That's because Freshly's team of chefs and nutritionists are here to save my day. I get to skip the shopping, the chopping, and the cleanup. All I have to do is heat them up and, and they're ready in about three minutes. To try Freshly out, go to Freshly.com slash quality control to get $20 off your first week. That's six meals for just $39 plus free shipping. This offer is only valid for a limited time. So go to Freshly.com slash quality control for $20 off and free shipping. Consider dinner done. My guest today is Owen Good. I'm Charlie Hall and you're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. How you doing this morning, Owen? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on the show, Charlie. No big deal. I, I wanted to have you on because we already talked to Dave Tack about the single-player campaign in Star Wars Battlefront 2. That's a whole other episode. Spoilers were on for the second half. Listeners, go out and check that out. It was a fun episode to record with Dave. We, we spoiled the whole game, basically. But, you know, a, a big part of this game is multiplayer. In fact, the, the original Star Wars Battlefront was only multiplayer. So, Owen, I just wanted to to you know start by asking you what comprises Star Wars Battlefront 2's multiplayer modes. Um I mean it's <clears throat> I think it's the largest portion of the game by far. Um it, you know especially given the time length on on single player, but it's um a, several modes uh across you know all kinds of you know familiar uh playlist types to uh first person shooter multiplayer. Um, you have some variants on capture the flag. You have some variants on teamwork. You have some variants on team deathmatch. You have some variants on free for all, <clears throat> which I believe would be called or is called blast um, within this. Um, you know, it just basically you you launch into multiplayer in, in Star Wars Battlefront Two, and you can find a match very quickly um, and and get moving on it very quickly. The only issue is. Uh, I don't see really the options for creating custom matches or choosing where you're going to play um, yet. I assume that some of these uh, options will come later uh, as they have or were within the the first Battlefront that was published back in 2015. Um, And so, you know, some Star Wars fans might find that a little, you know, off-putting given that you're, you're talking about a game that explores all kinds of, of the canon, um, you know, stretching so many eras within Star Wars. Uh, you know, people are sort of like, well, I didn't know that I was going to be fighting as the resistance in this. I thought I was going to be fighting as, um, you know, the separatists. Uh, so it, you can get to the fight really quickly. And Electronic Arts multiplayer has always been rock solid, whether you're talking about a sports video game or a shooter. Um, but in, in the state in which it launched, it's just sort of, you know, 
you're taking what they give you. And, uh, and that said, I mean, the action within the multiplayer is pretty tight. Um, it's, you know, focused. There's, there's a, a little bit of a long time in the, I think I, I complained about this in the, uh, in the review, you know, there's, there's a long time to execute a kill. Uh, but I think that's mainly because uh, human players can equip so many buffs and star cards and things that either pad out their health regeneration, pad out their resistance to certain things, etc. But, uh, you know, there's just a lot of fun fighting and running around in Stormtrooper armor or running around as Chewbacca if you've unlocked him or cutting down people as Darth Vader if you've unlocked him. But it's, but it's not like Battlefield, right? We're not doing complicated combined arms assaults on strong points. You're you're running around and getting in TIE fighters and stuff and, and blowing stuff up good. But it's it's a little more simplistic than that, was my impression. Would you agree? Um, yeah. <clears throat> now, I'm not like the world's most informed Battlefield player. But, I mean, there are some objectives that require coordination. And I would say that the Starfighter multiplayer is, it's a multi, usually the missions that you're on are, are these multi-stage things, um, but it's still oriented to attack and defend. Um, they just go through, okay, hit this objective, now hit this objective, now you've completed the whole thing. Um, and always present in this is if you just kill enough of the other team, you're probably going to win out. Uh, so I think, I think yes, you that is a, a fair thing to say that it is a little simpler than the, the coordinated objectives of, you know, a pure military shooter, but it's not just straight up run around and, and shoot other people. There are, you know, hold this position, hold this base, retrieve this objective and ferry it over to this position, that kind of thing. Um, you, you know, which are, are rather standard, of course, for multiplayer shooters, but it's not like Star Wars is just, you know, go here and shoot this guy. You also mentioned how it spans all the different time periods of Star Wars. There's prequel maps in there. There's maps from the the, the original trilogy as well as from the new trilogy. Um, I was really pleased in, in my experience that they didn't really cross them together all that much. Was that your experience as well? No, you're right. What happens when you're talking about like um, iconic or recognizable heroes that are attached to a specific era within the Star Wars canon um, you know, they are, they are like locked to the map, so to speak. Um, and you, you can pull them out when you acquire a certain, um, score within the game, within that match itself for your performance. Um, you know, if you do so well, you know, you can unlock a, um, a death trooper if you're playing on a first order map, you know, like at, uh, Starkiller base, for example. Uh, and if you get an even bigger score, then you can bring out Kylo Ren. Uh, so, but there is also, I think, I think where some of the confusion lies is um, some of the single player modes. There are hero modes where people can, you know, romp all over the map with these characters immediately. And so, you know, folks, I, I guess there's a little bit of confusion there. But no, I mean, I, I, I haven't encountered like first order troopers squaring off against separatists. Uh, if, if, if that's, if that's a question, you know, that people have, I mean, they do, they do keep it sensible in that regard. It's just, it's a, it's a very large buffet of everything that this now 40 year series has had to offer in all of its imagery. 
The same goes for the vehicle missions. The vehicles are basically, you know, just similar to the characters, um, and they are also they also correspond to their their authentic periods as well. You also lavish some attention on the Starfighter Assault mode, and it's there's no boots on the ground gameplay. It's all in the cockpit of these fighters, um, and it's probably the the mode that I have personally spent the most time with. Uh, but you mentioned that one of the highlights of the game is this assault within an asteroid field. Tell me more about that particular Starfighter Assault map. That's that's one of the more interesting um, maps, uh, and I forget the, the the name of it because again, you know, when you when you launch into a multiplayer game, you don't really don't get the choice of what you want to play. But in this, um, you're you're taking out. You've ambushed if you're on the um, the rebellion side. You've ambushed a star destroyer within a um, an asteroid field. You've blown up asteroids, and it's pummeling the ship. So there's a lot of debris flying around, and the, the the rebels are the ones who are going to try to take this sucker down. You know, a classic uh, asymmetrical piece of warfare, which is you know, take down the big capital ship with snub fighters. Uh, the the reason that this mode of play is more interesting is because of all of the obstacles that you have to zoom around and, and be on the lookout for, you know, you can't just go off firing indiscriminately. Uh, it, it, I think when, once you get accustomed to the controls and once you get accustomed to what is expected of you, which takes, you know, a few rounds or at least a few deaths within a round, um, you can, you then start pulling off all these you know, great rolls and skims and you're zooming along the surface of the destroyer and you're, you know, whipping around a uh, an asteroid, and of course you got human pursuers. If you know, and they slam into uh, asteroids as just as easily as you can too, if you're not paying attention. Uh, there's a lot of chaos, but there's also just a lot of that kind of uh, wild-eyed uh, starfighter battle feel that you have seen throughout. Uh, you know, Star Wars as a film. I mean, we can talk about the storytelling merits of the, the six episodes, but you can always say that they're action-packed. And I think that's where it's most reflected. I, I especially love the environment of that particular level to the, uh, it's a first order, I think it's like the executor or whatever class uh, Star Destroyer, and it's got two levels, a top and a bottom, and you're flying through them. The profile the profile of it almost looks like a Japanese aircraft carrier from World War II. It's just, it's so much fun to fly around and through and in. But then they have all these AI running around, and it really fills up the map with with stuff to shoot at. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, and the other thing too that I appreciate is, you know, just flying through the superstructure. I mean, I don't think, I mean, moving back when you, when you saw Return of the Jedi for the first time and the X-Wings are going through the superstructure of the Death Star and the TIE Fighters are in hot pursuit and Millennium Falcons there with them, you know, you're like, wow, how is it that they can, you know, fly through all this junk and not get killed? And then you're sort of handed that responsibility as you're going through, you know, this, this, uh, and this is a different base that I'm thinking of now. I'm sorry because I'm, I'm I'm conflating things. There is a uh, there's a map that's set in uh, the the current timeline, and so this one would be you know from the Force Awakens forward. Where uh, oh wait no, well it's a docking station. You know that you're trying to assault star destroyers in dock. 
Yes, and, that one. Right. With like and, the iris over the planet and all that kind of thing. Right. And so, yeah. you know, you're really, you know, you're trying your ass off here, but you've got a lot of, you got a lot of stuff that you, that you can slam into. So, you know, you have to keep your head on a swivel. Um, you know, th- those kinds of things I think are the most Star Warsy feel to all of this. Uh, and, and, and really evoke, you know, the action of the movies and, and things like that. And, but I mean, you, you still, this is a multiplayer shooter. You die a lot and you just, you, you just have to be comfortable with that. Um, and, and get better, uh, and, and not, you know, take it so personally when you, it, the other thing that I found with this was the, um, the starfighter controls are different in battlefront 2017 battlefront two, excuse me. Uh, than they are with Battlefront uh, 2015. In in the first one, the left stick was more or less where all of your control and camera orientation came from. And now the left stick, I again, I'm, I'm still trying to make sure that I understand this. Uh, the, the left stick now is more your throttle and the right is what your camera control is. Uh, and you have to really it can be really disorienting when you come out of boots on the ground multiplayer and move into that control scheme and you probably will, you know, die or, or kill yourself uh, several minutes into the, once you, once you transition into that kind of a mode of play, but getting used to it, it's still understandable and it's still fun and useful. I think, um, you know, one thing that, and it's not to criticize battlefront two for things it doesn't do, but, it doesn't do what the original Battlefront 2 did, which is you land the starfighter on a vessel and then you get out as a pilot and start shooting it out that way. Uh, and, and I know that some people are like, well, where the hell is that? And I don't know what the technical requirements or obligations would be to pull that off. But I, I think the, given the disparate uh, control systems, that's got to be one reason why. Because uh, it would definitely be disorienting for me to come out of that starfighter control system and then try to immediately jump back into a standard twin stick first person shooter uh, control layout. Yeah, they they really do mix it up um, from even from a flight simulator. I've, I've played a lot of flight simulators simulators in my day, and they they put pitch and yaw on the right stick, and then they put roll on the left, and it it took it took some practice to get that right, not just blow up every time I nicked an asteroid. Um, I'm getting better. I'm not great. Yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was, I was wondering if I should swap the, uh, cause you can, you can swap the sticks if you want, but I don't know that I was going to be doing any better with that. It was just like, it was just like trying to find what, what feels more natural. And then sometimes you just have to go, okay, the hell I'll, I'll, I'll cope. Well, as, as much as, um, you know, dice and criterion and, and all the folks that worked on this game, get right about the gameplay where things seem to have broken down seems to be in the game's economy. And I want to talk to you more about that and about the microtransactions, but first a quick word from one of this week's sponsors. The holidays are coming up, and we all know what that means. Parties, presents, and ugly sweaters. The Art of Shaving can't help with the ugly sweaters bit, but they can help you impress everyone on your holiday gift list. This year, take gifting to the nines with the 12 shaving creams and more of Christmas, all formulated with essential oils and botanical ingredients. There's a lot of people on your shopping list, not the least of which is your secret Santa. Want to get them something spicy and citrusy, or perhaps warm and woodsy from the Art of Shaving's sophisticated fragrance line. Maybe there's a bearded buddy in your life. The Art of Shaving has stubble balm, beard oil, 
beard balm, and styling waxes to control the stash. You got a favorite uncle? I think everybody does. Head over to the Art of Shaving for one of their barber spa appointments and receive a Royal Shave Certificate and a day of bonding. Get a head start on the holidays now. Listeners get 15% off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code QUALITY. To get this offer, visit theartyshaving.com. Use our special promo code QUALITY to get 15% off your first order and free shipping. So we're back here on Polygon's Quality Control Podcast. I've invited Owen Good with me, who is one of our reviewers on Star Wars Battlefront 2. And we've been talking about the multiplayer aspects of that game. But Owen, um, so much about the... The, the news cycle about this game has been the controversy over its economy. Can you kind of give folks a rundown of what's been going on with the Battlefront 2 economy? Well, I'm sure anybody listening to this is familiar with the phrase loot crates because that's been following Battlefront 2 ever since its launch. Um, and what has basically gone on since, that they announced a new schedule of changes to the in-game progression economy, which is the... Um, it, it, at least changes or actually enhancements to the, the the payouts that you earn in multiplayer. And these are the things that are used to um, buy the loot crates for free without real money, um, but also parts cards. And anybody who's playing the game knows what I'm talking about there. These are cards that you use to, I'm making air quotes here, craft a card that you really want uh, within the game. So they've loosened that up so that people feel like, they're either a little more in control of their destiny vis-a-vis the parts cards or that they are more frequently buying or more frequently able to buy the one of the three types of crates that unloads all kinds of bonuses and gifts and things to the user uh, such that they're advancing their characters more or they feel like... Uh, a little more control of it, although that might be a misnomer because the the whole point of a loot crate is you don't know what you're getting out of it. Uh, you know, it, it's not like I've, I mean, you know what you're getting out of it as far as like a classification. If you buy a trooper crate, you're going to get stuff that upgrades um, the, the, the main class, the four main classes of uh, FPS multi- multiplayer. If you're buying a starfighter crate, you're going to get stuff that mainly upgrades the vehicles. And if you buy a hero crate, you're going to get stuff that upgrades specific characters, whether or not you've unlocked them. Uh, but you just, you don't know what you're getting within it. Uh, it's, it's important to note, however, that, you know, a major component of your, your player's proficiency and prowess on the battlefield, their weapons, uh, is something that is unlocked through, uh, performance objectives, basically. You don't get these in crates. Um, And there are modifications that go on these weapons, of course. Now, this is only for the four main classes of of fighter, which is the assault, uh, the officer, the specialist, uh, and then, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot the fourth. (laughs) Support? Is it support? Support, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it... It's not. It's not the two who are available, like you know, the jet trooper, or you know, the big sluggo, like uh, you know, the death trooper. And it's not. It's not for any vehicle either. But you know, you can uh, if you want a really. I, I mentioned in the review, you know, that the heavy trooper that was killing me the most were the ones who had equipped the. the I'm going to read it off a piece of paper here. FWMB 10K. 
Oh, yes, the 10K. Right, which is a, a first-order heavy assault rifle, which you know has really good range for a heavy weapon um, and a good rate of fire. And uh, it, you, know, you don't get that by spending money or by spending virtual currency and pulling it out of a loot crate. You get that with, I think, 500 kills as a heavy. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So you got to put in the work there. So there is some objective, you know, kind of get good ethic about this. But, you know, there are so many other things, you know, things that reduce weapon cooldown, things that um, increase your, uh, your health regeneration, increase your overall health, uh, you know, deal better damage, increase your battle score. This is the kind of thing that as you play through a round, you acquire a score that helps you to access um, better characters in, when you respawn. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff comes through the loot crate. What DICE and EA have done is basically just loosen up the, the virtual economy. Now, right before the game launched, however, Owen, I recall that EA made the decision to turn off the ability to actually pay real money for anything. Is that still shut down? Yeah, it's still, that's for what they call crystals. And crystals um, are a currency that, I mean, God, there's so many currencies in this game. But crystals are the ones that you can only buy for real money. And what they basically do is they bypass the in-game currency, which is called credits, um, and let you just pick up a loot crate without having to play, I don't know, one or two or three multiplayer matches to get the, you know, the amount that you need to acquire one. So, you know, this is where when, when EA's executives in a kind of tone deaf way talk about, well, some of our players have more time than money and some of our players have more money than time. You know, this is supposedly the accommodation that makes that fair. But I think that people reacted to rightly, um, this kind of uh, incentive, it's very incentivized to, you know, keep gobbling up as much gear as you can. And if you can do that for, you know, nobody is, out, I mean, yes, there's, there are whales who will spend a hundred bucks because they, they have nothing better to do, I suppose. Maybe this is the only game they bought all year, but it, where it really is kind of pernicious is it's like, Hey, it's only two ninety nine, and you can get enough credits to get that next trooper crate if you want. Um, and, and, and roll the dice and see if you pull out, you know, a really good star card from that, or at least get enough crafting parts, uh, you know, to make the one that you want. And I think people feel or felt manipulated in that way. And so that's one reason why they turned off the real money transactions, which is, you know, basically just to remove that, that from the, from the level of controversy, they will come back at some point. I don't know what it's going to look like then. Or, or how they're going to ease into it, or if they're just trying to wait people out until they stop, you know, complaining about this stuff, and then they bring it back in the same state, and at that point, the game is now three months old and nobody cares. But it, it, you know, they are turned off for now, and so the only way to acquire these crates, you know, is through in-game work, which is is fine for now, I suppose. Uh, I think the larger problem is that they tied so much of of your progression in the main, excuse me, in the main mode of play, they tied so much of your progression to loot crates, which can be bought for real money. When you look at other video games, uh, which have microtransactions and additional DLC that you can buy for them, it's usually cosmetic 
uh, or it's um, ensconced within a single mode that isn't part of the main game. It's just sort of a, a separate mode where, yeah, you can, you know, you can play it and see how good you can get. And if you want to pay a bunch of money to get really good, you can do that too, but it's not part of the main experience. Remarkable. Well, it's it's something that we're going to continue to cover at Polygon and, and continue to monitor. What what are you waiting for? What's going to, do you think, change the narrative and change the story for Star Wars Battlefront 2 and, and, and get us back talking about how good of a game it is? I mean, they just this week, um, you know, rolled out uh, the last Jedi content, uh, which is, you know, of course, coming up for the, the launch of the movie, which I think is next week. Uh, and, you know, that's that's something new in it. You you pick a side, you know, whether you want to be on the First Order or the Resistance. I haven't played much of it yet, um, but you know, this is this is different content. It means new heroes. Um, it means other things as well. I think what's going to differentiate Battlefront Two down the line isn't going to be did they come up with a more elegant way to bring microtransactions back into the game. I think it's going to be the way that the first Battlefront distinguished and developed itself along a very long line, which is here is new content, here is new balancing, here are new weapons, here are new things like in the first Battlefront hut contracts. Um, here are customization options, which we know are going to be coming to the game in some form. Some guy went and data mined the PC version of the game and found a menu option that isn't hasn't yet been activated, but includes, you know, the ability to skin yourself in in, in in the four main classes, you know, in different looks, uh, which is something that people really wanted to see at launch and it just wasn't included for whatever reasons. I think that's where the needle is going to move on Battlefront 2. It's it's had a very unfortunate launch in that people felt like they were getting ripped off and that has been controlling the narrative. Uh, and, and it's just it's one of these things where it's like, we're going to have to, this is going to be a completely different game probably in six months. But, you know, when you gamers, video gamers also know that what they show at launch, they have to be fairly judged on and, and they didn't have a good, um, you know, a good showing right out of the box. So the, the, the just trust us nature of this, if people dismiss that, I understand, but I do think that this is going to be a different game within four or five months. And it'll just be the way it was with the original battlefront and that they just continue to roll out new content and change it and update it. And uh, you know, in six months, we'll probably feel a little bit better about it, but that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't invalidate the way people feel about it right now. Wonderful. All great information, Owen. I really appreciate you taking the time and, and visiting with me today. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to talk. And thanks to you at home for listening today. We've got a lot more over on Polygon.com, including the final round of our roundup of the top 500 games of all time. And we're kicking off the top 10 games of 2017. Also, don't forget this month's cover story. The Year of Battletech, where we talk about the upcoming MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries and Battletech from Harebrained Schemes. Until we've got another game to talk about, this is Charlie Hall for Owen Good. Thank you for listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Media Podcast Network.